Hello, welcome to Love Alexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I'm your host and this is my podcast. And my God, you guys, let me set the stage of the uh, conversation I I had uh, in this episode with Sam Fragoso. Who's Sam Fragoso, you ask? Well, that's rude. How dare you? Just kidding. Let me tell you everything. Sam Fragoso is a Los Angeles-based writer, editor, programmer, and he's the host of, of another podcast. I suppose we're rivals. Anyway, whatever. It was bound to happen. Dueling podcasts. What can you do? Showbiz, Tinseltown, Hollyweird. Anyway, Sam Fragoso has a podcast. It's called Talk Easy. It's a weekly podcast, kind of like this one, but then again, not at all like this one. But he does conduct long-form, intimate interviews with filmmakers, comedians, activists, politicians, actors, uh, and he does a whole lot of other things. In 2013, he founded the film-focused website called Movie Mezzanine, and uh, his writing has appeared in Vanity Fair, NPR, Wired, The New Republic, Playboy, The Atlantic, and you should definitely check out his interview with Woody Allen that he did when he was 19 years old. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, For more on Sam Fragoso and all that he has to offer... Because it's a lot. Uh, visit the Talk Easy website, talkeasypod.com, and follow him on Twitter because he is not on Instagram. Uh, find him on Twitter at Sam Fragoso. That's F R A G O S O. I have no idea why I spelled it, felt compelled to, and then it was too late to go back. Anyway, um, here's where I'm at right now, and then I want to tell you where I was at uh, on the day we recorded this conversation. Right now, I still have a cough. I've had a weird, like, seasonal, like, end of summer cold for the past, like, three and a half, four weeks, which is irritating. But listen, I'm not going to fight against it because then it'll just prolong it. That's what I heard in an Oprah video, and I believe everything Oprah tells me. Um, Oh, my God. And then I was listening to all these, watching all these Oprah videos where she's interviewing Abraham Hicks. If you don't know who Abraham Hicks is, I'm not trying to push anything on you guys. I would never do that. I'm just sharing my experiences. Abraham Hicks is apparently the secret behind the secret, that like self-help phenomenon. Anyway, so last night there was an earthquake in Los Angeles and I ended up uh, pre-earthquake. I was uh, just going down a rabbit hole, a wormhole, if you will, of inspirational Oprah videos because let's be real, let's be fair. I think we've all been there and uh, we could all use some cozy time curled up on our couch in our living room by ourselves, hopefully, watching a bunch of uh, inspirational Oprah videos. The woman knows what she's talking about. Everything she says is right and not wrong. Anyway, watching the inspirational videos, feeling great, feeling moved, feeling like there's a shift. I'm on the precipice of a shift. Maybe the world is, we hope, whatever. Anyway, we're on the precipice. Summer's ended. Fall has begun. Uh, You know this. I'm not trying to be condescending. Anyway, and all of a sudden there was an earthquake, a super scary earthquake. So... I burnt Palo Santo, jumped in my bathtub, and uh, and today I felt the need to call my therapist, who I no longer see, just to check in with him and to let him know I'm okay. Because I don't know, maybe it was the earthquake or my sickness or the season transition or wherever I'm at psychically, spiritually, uh, emotionally, what have you. Yeah, I, I uh, right before recording this intro, I just called my my therapist, who I have not seen in months and months. I just called him to let him know I'm okay and to tell him that I think of him often and that I'm watching Oprah videos and uh, Abraham Hicks inspirational videos. So anyway, and on the day of this podcast recording, 
I was locked out of the studio. Aristotle and I were locked out of the studio because nobody told us that uh, that there's a pilot, a Netflix pilot. In fact, it was Justin Williams' Netflix pilot that was being shot downstairs at Meltdown Comics where we record this podcast. Uh, and he's a, he's a Level XC alumni member. He's been on the show, so I'm so happy he's shooting his pilot, but nobody told us. And uh, when I've got a podcast, I've got a podcast. So that's how the day kind of started. Locked out of the studio. And then I realized I had mild food poisoning because the night before, I thought I would just try to have a healthy snack. I popped in two chicken patties into the oven, chicken patties from Trader Joe's, got too overzealous, was impatient because I really do think my life life purpose or one of of a, a couple is to learn patience, uh, which I have yet to learn. And, you know, I was impatient. I pulled the patties out of the oven when I thought they were thoroughly cooked. They were not. Ate them. And then the next morning, while I did nothing disgusting, how fucking dare you think that of me, uh, I did feel, while I was at the studio and all throughout this interview, and I'm not using this as an excuse or a crutch, I'm really not. This is all in the name of transparency, which is, uh, you know, very hot and hip nowadays, transparency. Um, I just felt like you feel when you do mushrooms and about an hour into your mushroom experience, you feel poison in the pit of your stomach. So essentially I had the feeling of being poisoned in the pit of my stomach. The entire interview, I'm trying to be charming, ask questions, track the conversation and, uh, and then I also did, but I didn't get the benefit of like, you know, psychedelic uh, euphoria or like introspection or whatever, which is probably for the best. I'd rather just have to deal with the poisoning um, during a podcast conversation. But I don't know. The other way would have been more interesting for you guys. Anyway, I'm rambling. So here's the thing. Um, that's the stage that is, uh, it's been set for you. Sam is a very interesting person. Uh, we go all over the place. It's a tangential journey as per the use. We talk about a million different things. Um, I asked him to give me all of himself. He's a tough egg to crack. We went on a journey. We talked about his relationship with his mom. We talked about making friends as an adult. We talked about losing your virginity, what love is, how he's never been in love. We talked about making the transition from uh, being a film critic to actually making films, which is something he's doing, which is very exciting. Um, We talked about trusting people, the expiration dates of relationships, divorce, uh, the image we present. At one point in the conversation, uh, he does a character assessment of me and I don't agree and I'm sure it kind of sounds defensive and I get irritated that he can't give me whatever. So we kind of get in a fight and, uh, and, uh, but then you know what? Everything's fine. But then uh, I deflect by flirting, and uh, I try to break him down. Then we just get back on track, and we've hung out since, so everything must be okay. And uh, that's that. Aside from all that, you'll hear it yourself if I ever shut the fuck up. Uh, I do want to say, if you like this podcast, a little something about the Love Alexi podcast, if you like the Love Alexi podcast, subscribe on iTunes, rate the show, tell your friends, leave a comment. Um, this is a listener-supported uh, podcast. If you want to make a donation to the Love Alexi podcast, feel free to do so. You can do it via Venmo at Alexi Wasser. But today's episode is, uh, and I'll give you a shout out. I'll give you a shout out in the following episode to thank all of the listeners who supported the show. But today's episode is actually brought to you by Olive and Frank, which is a super cool fashion label that I just discovered via Instagram. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's pretty fucking cool. And we should all be friends on social media. You can find them. Uh, on Instagram 
at Olive and Frank. You can find me on Instagram at Alexi Wasser. But let me tell you about Olive and Frank. Okay. So it's like, basically it's like this super cool, uber hip fashion label for like, you know, the current girl gang movement that's happening nowadays. And they're a bunch of like not dorky slogan t-shirts that I would actually wear and do have myself because uh, I wouldn't advertise some bullshit that I'm not into. So they're called Olive and Frank. They got cool t-shirts. Uh, they've got oversized bomber jackets. They've got, uh, you know, just a lot of cool stuff. Undies. It's clothing for badass babes. And I'm assuming those are the only kind of babes who listen to my podcast. So for more about them, here's what you should do. Go to oliveandfrank.com. And if you actually like anything, if you actually go over to their website and you like stuff, and I think you will, nay, I know you will, enter the code Alexi20 at the checkout and you'll get 20% off your next order at Olive and Frank. So, I mean, I would do that. Plus, they're a UK-based company. So it's like you could be international if you wanted to by supporting this cool brand and fucking wearing something that all your other bonehead friends don't have. I think that's pretty cool, but that's just me. Anyway, uh, I'm going to shut the fuck up. I have said enough, and I just hope you enjoy my tangential romp of a journey with writer, editor, programmer, and fellow podcast host, Sam Fragoso. Now entering Nerdist.com. What a weird random day. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, yeah. Sam is nice for sure. Aristotle, yes. Aristotle. Oh my god, what? We're in a podcast of your monsters. Oh my god, how are you doing? I'm all right. Oh boy. Is this the setup? This is, we're already recording. This is the setup. Oh, really? All this stuff. Great. Oh my god. How are so we they're feeling? shooting a show or something? They're shooting Justin yeah. Wilman, who's actually been on the podcast. They're shooting his Netflix Who? show. What's oh god, day? hold on. Let me just like caught me on a weird day what, caught me on a so many things um what happens when two podcasters sit down to fucking podcast you're gonna find out today on talk easy oh my god sorry <laughs> oh my god are you hosting my show now i am trying to i'm just gonna call the mashup is it called the mashup great Wow, we are starting off a week i feel like tinseltown fucked this up aristotle are you in the mood because they're shooting something downstairs a little bit. I know. They held it. So, okay. The listeners don't know this. They don't know what's happening. Sam got here right on time. My guest, mm. Sam Fergoso. Hi. Thank you for being on the show, Sam. Of course. And you got here. What were you going to say? Something. I think it's fine that they're shooting something down there. This right? never happens. But then I heard you're usually late. Uh, and you were right on that? you did on your own podcast. I listened to like every single episode and like, you know. I said that on the Norman Lear one. Yes. Yeah. See, you're like, when did I say that on the Norman Lear episode? Because someone recently I think it was a Janixa actually. Yeah. Who said, uh, oh, you're late to everything. Oh, are you? Um yeah, it's a little bit yeah. That's something not for me today. Mm, no, not for you. But you know what you know, it wasn't in the cards, it wasn't meant to be you being on time. Mm. Aristotle, were you on time? Oh, Aristotle was on time. I was early. Mm-hmm. And then I was made to wait with a bunch You were of- early? I was early. Is, is that usual? I don't know. Maybe so. Okay. I don't know. This is riveting podcast fodder already. It's really, People, really we fun. are easing into it. Um, oh, is man. that your notebook? Is this my notebook? Oh, this oh is my, my fun Blake notebook. You can, listen, you know, I write like, a, like I'm a, on methamphetamine. That looks like, like it's a yearbook. 
not a yearbook. Well, I know it's not a yearbook. It's so it popular if it is, but it's just like little notes and squiggles to myself. Don't look at my notes. Okay. All right. We got fans on. I'm not used to this. It feels want, good. It feels good. I'm happy. You're happy. Yeah, let's do it. You're 22 years old? 23. I turned 23 two days ago. You did? Three days happy ago, yeah. birthday. Thank you. Where was the birthday party I wasn't invited to? No birthday party. I was in Toronto. Oh. I got back last night. How was the, how was the uh, TIFF as they call it? Yeah, TIFF, tiff. as they call it. Very it was cool. fine. It was okay. <laughs> yeah. There were some movies. There were some movies? Mm. Any good movies? Yeah. Sean Baker's movie is great. Oh, what's it called? It's called The Florida Project. The Florida Project. Mm-hmm. Do you know he lives with his parents? Or maybe he doesn't anymore. Sean? Yeah. I don't know if that's still true. Oh, well, that was after Tangerine. He was living with his parents. Mm-hmm. I think said. once you make a movie with A24, oh, you get to move out. Not too shabby. <laughs> not too shabby. Okay, we've got a lot of ground to cover. Okay. I'm feeling a little bit crazy because I've got a fan in my ear. I need things just so. It's okay, Wasser. I want to talk about that, too. That I call you Wasser? I'm turning the fan off. Do okay. you mind? Don't turn the fan off. You're going to die. All right, Aristotle has spoken. He is a... I have to say, I like the fan as well. People like, okay, I guess it's, uh, I guess I'll let the men flourish this time. Hey, wait a minute. Anyway. Okay. Here's where I'm going to start. Okay. I'm all over the place. I'll tell you why in a moment. This isn't about me, but it kind of is because it always is, you know? Mm-hmm. Just to set the stage, even though I've already introed the show. If you're at a party and you meet somebody at a party, what do you say that you do? Like when, when somebody's like, oh yeah, what about how do you spend your days what do you do which is a question in los angeles i do not mind a lot of people don't like this question but i think it's because they're like doing some kind of soul-sucking thing that doesn't reflect what they want to be doing Mm -hmm. or who they are so that's their problem really and they feel bad about the thing they ought to be doing but they're not doing yeah so they're like well you're just gonna you know they don't want to answer it Mm -hmm. and they think i'm a bad person for asking but i feel like we both do things that we enjoy doing Uh uh-huh so how when somebody asks you you know what you're up to what you do What's your spiel, Sam? (laughs) (laughs) What did I say to you when you asked me a year ago? It was like a year ago, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Wait, you had just turned 22? Um, Yeah, that that sounds right. Yeah. I think I say that I'm a writer. I usually say I'm a writer and I have a podcast. Yeah. And then invariably they ask, what's the podcast called? And then sometimes they've heard of it. And most of the time they haven't. They haven't. And then they pull out their phones like, okay, I'm going to add it on our on their podcast app. That's what I did. Yeah, no, you did do that. But I came on real strong talking about my podcast. You I did. was like I was like, podcast. You immediately made it about you. I did not. <laughs> I can't believe you. You were very enthralled by my uh, podcast enthusiasm. Completely enthralled. Yeah. So have you set the stage for that interaction already? No. Okay. Not at all. Do you want to do that? Well well so you said you you tell a person at a party, at a fictitious party. Yeah, I usually say I'm a writer, I have a podcast. Um I make money as a journalist, that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. I think we've said it all. I think we've said it all. Wait, no, I did not set the stage of how we met. Okay. Are we going to talk about that? Yeah, of course. Really? That's what you want to do. I don't know if I want to. I was actually actively being like, should we... Okay, how do we meet? You tell me the story and then I'll go. No, no. Tell me. We'll do whatever you want. No. Wasser, we'll do what you say. Oh, you call me Wasser. Yeah. And you called Janixa Bravo Bravo. Um, I, I usually call her Janixa. Okay. But I'll call her Bravo too. Why do you do that? Because I always have this feeling that when people have a nickname for me or have <laughs> nicknames, it's a way of creating separation. Oh. So I'm like, and like p- certain people will call me Wasser and then you're one of them and I'm always like, 
I don't, you know, I'm not bummed. I'm just, you that's know. an interesting thing that you do. I don't think that's accurate, though. Okay. Not in your case. He, he's, he's shaking his head. That I'm wrong to feel that way? Yeah. Hey, listen. <laughs> I'm a, you know, I'm a sensitive, um, sensitive person. I didn't do it to create distance. I like your last name. Come closer. Okay. But you can still call me Wasser. No, uh, I mean, like, you know. Actually if, closer. Yeah. We met a year ago, sometime a year ago. It was at... Uh, uh, we're going to talk about a Cine family thing? No, we're not. Um, but it was a Women of Cine family mm-hmm. uh, event. And it was at the Bob Baker Marionette. And here's the great thing about it. And I've, and I've thought about this a bit. And I thought about it driving over. Oh, wow. You have a car? A Tesla? What I do you drive? A Tesla? What do you drive? I'm 23. You're doing a lot of cool shit, Sam. Yeah, yeah if I had a Tesla, I don't know if I would be here. Wow. <laughs> I've had guests who drive Teslas. Just fucking with How you. fucking dare you? <laughs> That, you drink Sprite? Only today, and I'll tell you why in a moment. Tell us our story first. Okay. That's interesting that you like Sprite. No, now. I don't. It's because I... Sprite person. No, I am not. Cool. We are not sponsored by Sprite. I will not have you tell me who I or what I am about. Okay. <laughs> anyway. I'm, drink, I'm drinking Sprite because I have mild food poisoning. The point is... Oh. I'll tell you more in a moment. Okay. It's, it's I like, actually do want to hear about that. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of cool. The point is, it felt like, to me, not felt like, it was like the first time I had gone to like a party... In Los Angeles. And I was like, I knew two people, one of whom will not be mentioned here. And um, Still your friend? Yes, of course. Okay, just wondering. Yeah. I don't uh, know who you're talking about. What are you talking no, about? No, but I, yeah. anyway, I met you and you were very nice and you are very open in a way that I was fearful no one would be. Because that's what you hear about Los Angeles, that you go and you don't know anyone. Yeah. And you're incredibly alone for like two years. People always said... It's going to take you two years to like it. I'm like, God, that sounds awful. Who said that? Most people, when they ask me, how are you liking Los Angeles? And I say, I really like it. They're surprised that I like it right away. Anyway, you were very good to me. We talked about the podcast. And then um, what else happened? Do you want to fill in the rest? No, you're telling a story. Well, why do I have to tell it on your show? Because you're the guest. I've had other guests do that. And I want to hear it. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, he said, she said. It's fun. Well, you also have talked about it on your podcast Not before. using your name. No, but you told Alex Ross Perry this. Yeah, and then I made a... Re- okay, just tell me the story. How we met. So no. we're at the thing. Yeah, so we both say we're doing podcasts. And then we keep talking. And then I do remember <laughs> us separating and not talking. And then I was kind of ready to leave, and then I saw you. I don't know. I liked you. I mean, you know, you know. Why do I have to go into detail? Past tense. No, I still like you. Okay. But at the time, I was obviously like deeply attracted to you. Yeah. And I was being flirtatious. Yeah. And I was interested, so I uh, engaged. And then you seemed to reciprocate. If, if my memory is is right. <gasps> Hands on your face. Good oh lord. My God. It's funny, you usually make the guests feel a little uncomfortable, and now I've flipped it on you. Well, for a lot of reasons. You're, that's where you're, you're ending the story? I mean, I think you can tell the other half. No. I've done my part. You've done your part. Well, I mean, I'm not going to fill in the blanks. Yes. Um, we met at a party. I was like, who's this beautiful boy, man boy, uh, old soul? Beautiful. Beautiful, handsome man boy, cuter than Wiley Wiggins, and I already think Wiley Wiggins is very handsome. Mm-hmm. You have your bee stung lips, you're living your life, you're wearing like a blazer. I think it was some kind of like, I can't remember exactly what. That's neither here nor there. Anyway. <laughs> and then I remember like just being so alive and consumed by my podcast, and that's all I wanted to talk about. And then when I started talking about it with you with like real enthusiasm, and you said you also have a podcast. And then we like swap podcast information. We did. 
I was like, oh my God, I just could talk about everything. Oh my God, you're like this fresh, clean slate palette, nubile, young, whatever. Ooh, nubile. Okay, anyway. Good. So, um, you know what I remember specifically mm-hmm. is that you were telling me that you just started doing intros in a different way. Yeah. And that you were anxious about doing a longer intro that was like 10 minutes. Yeah. And you seemed a little, you seemed uncertain about whether that you should be doing that. Two podcasters podcasting. So they're talking about podcasts. Oh, God. Yeah. And then, then what happened? Oh, and then uh, we made out in your car. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. Well, then here's what happened. Yes. So we made out. Okay. Listen, we got separated. This fan is really fucking me up. And my mild food poisoning, which I'll talk about in a second. And Why don't I- we turn the fan off if it's fucking you up? No, you need it. Just turn it towards Aristotle. No, it's fine. No, we need to live. So we got separated. I don't think I was even in the mood. I was like, I didn't need to make out. Cause sometimes you're in, like you're out in the prowl and you're. Do you ever feel that way? Mm-hmm. Probably all the time. You're like 23 years old, right? All the You've time. Got, right? Don't you? Are you? I, I go in waves. You go in waves. Yeah. Well, I used to go in more waves, and I, I go in. My waves are fewer and far between now. Where I'm like, oh, I just want to go home. I want to be left alone. That night, I could have taken or left a makeout. You were interesting, intriguing, lovely, smart, handsome. Still are. That night, we got separated. Then we're lingering. You walk me to your car, and I just felt like so jaded. And I was like, "Oh boy, here we go. Now we're gonna have a makeout." I did not realize how young you were, mm-hmm. and so I think when we were kissing, um, and I was like, "I'm 35. How old are you?" And you're like, "I'm 22." And I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this. No." And then, uh, and then I was like, "How many roommates do you have?" And you're like, nine or something. Like, how many roommates do you have? Twenty. <laughs> I, I probably said the number that's true, which is, uh, it was two at the time, three now. Three now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then like, uh, yeah, I just went, oh my God, I got to, but it was like lovely. It was like high school kind of like make out, mm-hmm. whatever. So, and then I think I made some reference to like Sean Price Williams. Like if we're in like, that's what I was talking to Alex Ross Perry about making out with like, I, I think I said you were 21 or 22 or whatever, making out with a 22 year old boy in my car and then making a reference that if this were... Uh, some kind of indie, current indie movie, there'd be a shot from above by Sean Price Williams, like, of us in the car. Right. And I knew the reference and you were stunned by that. I was stunned by that. Yeah. Um, so that's the extent of our relationship. And then... Uh, <laughs> that night. I mean, we've, we've hung out we've since We've hung then. out since. Um, so, yeah. Where do we begin? Where do we go from there? I don't even know. Well... This is about you. Great. This is a love letter to you. Um, okay. Have you shown Aristotle the script yet? Oh, my script? Yeah. Oh, did you read it? Yeah. You read the whole thing? I finished the last night on the plane. Did you hate it? No. You hated it? No, didn't hate it. Oh, you're mentioned in the script. But well, just like, you're in the script. What yeah, do you mean? It's, yeah. it's a well, it's your name. and Producer and named Aristotle. Yeah. Very much, you know. I've, I've kind of mentioned it to him a little bit. I'll change the name. No, no. Name. It's such a great name. And also, you have... I mean, just to tell you, you have like very few lines. I've got like two lines. Yeah, like two lines. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, well, I've been swimming in you this oh, past week. I've been like just God. swimming in Sam Fragoso. It's out of control. What's that like? Um, it's, uh, I don't know. I have a lot more love for you. Like I already had a fondness of you. I know I can be really weird and like moody and temperamental. Mm-hmm. And we've had like bizarre text exchanges before where I've been like, I just don't understand you. Right. But you seemed uh, skeptical of you. Yeah, in the beginning. How? I don't know. I just remember after that night, you were very uh, uncertain about, about, you? about how to like 
interact with me. You know what? Oh, why? Tell me more. Oh, I don't know. Like, I didn't want anything more from you. Yeah. Like, I just moved here and I knew, like, nine people. Yeah. And I thought you were fine and yeah. nice. Jesus. I oh, th- my God. Fine is good in my book. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, and then you treated me as if, like, I was still trying to sleep with you. Oh, did I? Yeah. You were very like, I don't know. We can maybe hang out. Oh. And then I was like, oh, you know what? I, yeah, I'm then, you, not g- then you got mad at me for being like that? Oh, no, I just wasn't going to. I don't. Here's something. This is truth. Like, you don't get mad. No, no, I get mad, but I don't um, pursue if I'm not wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Uninterested in that. Well, I don't know what I was going through. I have no idea what kind of weird mood or what the fuck was going on with me. But I, I think know. I was like, I get like moody and bizarre. And I remember just thinking, I don't know what I decided you were. Nothing horrible. I don't know. I was probably just going through some kind of fucking weird mood. Mm-hmm. I think I'm out of that mood. Okay. The mood I'm in today. Okay. I made two chicken patties like yesterday. Two chicken patties. Didn't fully cook them. Mm-hmm. Thought I did. Ate them yesterday. Okay. Haven't thrown. I'm sorry. What? I haven't, I haven't thrown up. Nothing gross has happened. But I feel like, you know when you do mushrooms and you feel the poison in you? Yeah. That happens at like the hour mark. Yeah. So I feel like I'm on, I've got that like poisonous kind of mushroom feeling where nothing weird is going to happen. Nothing's going to come out of it. Like, but I just feel like, like very delicate and kind of like sweaty. Wait, so you have the nasty feeling of mushrooms without the sensation of mushrooms? Exactly. So that's how we're podcasting today, Sam. Like that's where, yeah. I have to say that's like actually the worst. That's the worst. I know. <laughs> and so like this whole day has been kind of herky jerky because I get here. I'm not allowed into Meltdown Comics to do the thing. They're shooting the pilot. That's exciting. That's glamorous. That's mm-hmm. Tinseltown, what have you. And then I used a lot of Retin-A and my skin's peeling. So I'm just feeling like the poison of uh, whatever. Most of your skin looks fine. Thanks, babe. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So now we understand each other better. Mm-hmm. I know you're not trying to sleep with me. Now I'm actually offended by that. And uh, You prefer that I'd want to sleep with you. Yeah. I want to know you're coming for me. And I'm like, no, Sam, stop. Mm-hmm. We can't. Sure. Yeah. We, okay. we can do that. Okay, great. Oh, good, good, good. Okay, fa- that's how I like with Aristotle too. But he doesn't. All right. He's got a girlfriend. All right. So I've been swimming in Sam. The past uh, few days, I listened to Don Cheadle. Mm -hmm. I listened to Norman Lear, your mom. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. I started crying listening to the mom episode. Would you say you have, like, an enmeshed relationship with your mom? Wouldn't you ask? Like, an enmeshed... Do you think you have, like, an enmeshed relationship with your mom? Do you know what that is? Yeah, I know what it it is. I think what you're asking me is, is it unhealthy? Is it unhealthy? Uh, Because you guys made it seem a bit unhealthy. Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How is how is that now? How is that for women who try to date you? <laughs> because I feel like I had that kind of relationship with my father, and uh, clearly I'm a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Even when men aren't trying to date me, I don't think you're a nightmare. I I, I uh, stop flirting with me. Okay, I'll sleep with you. Oh wow! Oh, see, you turn quick. Yes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Keep going. No, I I think uh, it's entangled, and of course, women are going to say like, I mean, look, that's the line forever that you just want someone that mm-hmm. acts. And sometimes looks like your mother. Uh, and I'm definitely drawn to that. I mean, I. Do I, I look like your mother? No. Oh, that's mean. That's mean <laughs> that's that you funny. don't look like my mom. Does she have bangs? Does she have dark she hair? She doesn't have bangs. Um, she had dark hair. She does blonde highlights. Okay. But anyway, yeah, I mean, it's definitely unhealthy and we're getting better. Yeah. But I always say, like, people always ask, like, were you into movies as a kid? And. I always say, like, my dad showed me Goodfellas and my mom showed me Boogie Nights. Oh, really? At, like, 14. And so when you're watching Boogie Nights with your mom at 14, yeah, some things are going to be fucked up. Yeah. 
That's not like a movie. That's not like The Lion King. Like Boogie Nights is a tough one to watch. Yeah. My dad showed me A Clockwork Orange. Yeah, that says a lot about you. And The Shining, yeah. When I was like, I don't know, very, Disturbed. very young. Yeah, six or seven years old, and I'm watching the scene where the girl's like getting raped and her bodysuit's being cut off. And I was just like, <laughs> oh my God, I don't want to be watching this. It's so horrible. Um, where's your dad? Chicago. So do you talk to him at all or no? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, you yeah. do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I was raised with my mom, but I grew up with my dad on the weekend and yeah. very much part of my life. I mean, they were friendly. They liked each other. They were actually friends. I mean, they broke up before I was one. Yeah. It's a fucking miracle that... Can I swear on here? Of course you can. Yeah, it's a miracle that they were ever together. I mean, it's hard to imagine. You were the miracle. I was the miracle. You are that miracle. I've never said that sentence. Well... So what did you find swimming in me? I mean, my God, I don't know. It was just, uh, I just thought you're, I wanted to know more about like, well, first of all, I want your whole story because I don't really, I still don't understand like, mm. I want to know where you're born, what happened, where you went to school, your fr- like just, uh, you were like the programmer, it's at a movie theater. Mm-hmm. I want to know, I want to do all, I want to talk about all that, okay. but I'm just like fascinated by like, because I think both of us are really curious people. I don't know if I've ever had like another, I mean, we're more than a podcaster. I'm more than a podcaster. Right. Whatever that means. But, uh, but like, I don't know. It was like taken by your like curiosity, uh, with people, your fascination with death, which comes up a lot in your, in your podcast. And you're so young. You're like this wunderkind. Like, it's crazy. It's like, (laughs) I mean. Does death come up a lot? I feel like it. Like you're talking about it a lot. I mean, you you love Annie Hall. That comes up a lot. That's what I've heard. Mm. I've been listening to every single podcast, but I feel like. Oh, and then I read the, uh, the, your interview with Woody Allen mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't know. I just feel like, where did you come from? How did you become this way? So you seem like you have a relatively healthy childhood. Uh, it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. Your mom was broke, right? No. I mean, no, my no. mom, when she was coming, when she was a kid, God, she oh, was broke. But she's right. a lawyer, right? She was a lawyer. Okay. Yeah. I mean, both, both of my parents came from pretty severe poverty. Yeah. yeah. But my childhood was not that. I mean, that's like, you know. Oh, you're right. It's terrible to say this, but like this, that, they are the American dream in whatever way that is. Yeah. We're like, no one in our family on either side was especially wealthy. We had no reason to do well in America other than the will to do so. Yeah. Uh, so they created a exponentially better life for me. Uh, so I had none of the struggle. You had none of the had. Str- Okay. So where were you born? I was born in Chicago. Born in Chicago. Right. You're living your life. Little <laughs> Sam Fergoso. I was little Sam, yeah. Living your life in Chicago. My mom ha- lived in the suburbs with um, my first stepdad. Yeah. And my father lived near the Midway Airport, uh, sort of on the south side. Boring. Keep going. Just there you go. <laughs> no. That's the background. Okay. So, yeah, I grew up with my mom, and, and I was with my dad on the weekend and made it work. Okay. So what did your mom do that she said that she, uh, oh, that it's not going to be easy for a girl in your life? When your mom was like, it's not going to be easy because you're not easy, and she apologized because of your kind of very intense mm-hmm. relationship. What was Un- she apologizing Unpack for? that, yeah. Yeah. I think in that moment, I mean, that was a weird conversation to have with your mom. Yeah. Uh, on a show that people are going to listen to. I think what she meant was uh, the divorce stuff. I think my family's gone through multiple divorces. I mean, my mom has. Yeah. And as the oldest in the family, I was very much the person my mom came to 
about her problems with whatever guy she was with at the time. Oh, okay. And um, Oh my God, what did you learn? What did you hear? I learned the worst. I learned all the bad things. I, made, I learned all the things that made me very skeptical about spending my time with someone closely. Really? Yeah, of how course. How come? Like, how much can you tell me? I can tell you anything you ask. Yeah, so like, why? What were the downfalls? What did she go through? That made you, and what made it... Didn't it make you feel, it didn't make you feel bad about being a guy? Did you have any kind of like conflicted <laughs> feeling about being like, oh, men sound horrible. My mom's, uh, you know, you know, presenting uh, her bad men experience. Men sounded horrible. Did they? Yeah. But I didn't need my mom to tell me that to know that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty obvious. So wait, what made you not want to get close to another person based on what she told you? I wouldn't say not. It's not that I don't want to. It's that I find it increasingly hard to do so. Okay. I do want to. Of course I want to. Do you really? Yeah. Why would I not want that? I don't know. You're confusing me, Sam. What kind of life would that be to spend it alone? I don't know. That's what I'm asking myself right now. I know. That's what you ask yourself in the script. Oh. Of course I want to fall in love. Yeah. I don't understand people who don't. Have you been in love? Uh, no. You've never been in love? No, I don't think so. You're 23 years old. You've never been in love. I don't think that's uncommon for this age. Oh, man. Well, I really like I related to your Melanie Linsky episode because mm-hmm. when she was talking about how she was very intense and she was engaged a bunch right. and all these things and like listening to like The Cure and all these things. And I was like, oh, my God, that's me. Mm-hmm. That's totally me. Because, yeah, I feel like I've been engaged a ton and I've been like, you know, boy crazy because I used to look at, you know, look for my happiness in other people and want it to be like this kind of crazy codependent love. Like I've literally had a website. Yeah, called Call. Boy Crazy, but yeah. it's like, and then people give the name such shit, but really what it just meant was just like, uh, how rattled you could get by, you know, uh, looking for love and, mm-hmm. I don't know, romance and rendezvous and dalliances and whatever, magic in another person. I admire you in some way in that regard, actually. Okay. I think you put yourself out there in a really uh, vulnerable in beautiful way that I am mostly incapable of doing. Oh, really? Is that how our podcasts are different? Uh, no, the podcast is my one place that I can do that. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, and there's like five friends that I can do that with. Yeah. Yeah. Is Janixa one of them? Yeah. I love her. I, I love her I too. I just love her so much. Good person. She's such a good person. She's so magical and special. Anyway. Tops. Um, wait, so you've never been in love and you mm-hmm. think that's common. Well, fuck, who cares about everybody else? It's about you. Well, have you had any serious girlfriends? Yeah, I had one okay. uh, in college for about a year. Yeah. But, you know, it fades. I do like Annie Hall. I do love that line. I mean, love does fade. That's how I kind of, and this is the problem with growing up in a household where uh, relationships and the people in your life are very easily dispensable. You mean your parents? Yeah. New people, they yeah. even your parents. When you've had uh, like three stepdads. Yeah. Yeah, like that's going to condition you to be a bit skeptical of uh, entangling yourself with another human being. Hmm. That's just how it goes. But why do we keep looking? Why did your mom keep looking? Why did your dad keep looking? Oh. Because we're just compelled? You know, my dad got married uh, again shortly after divorcing my mom, and he's been with that person for a while. Oh, well, there's an example. Yeah, but, you know, that has its own complications. Why does my mom keep looking? Because, what's that quote? Like, uh... Better to the love, uh, better to love, and lost, and never to have loved at all. I think she's on the first part of that quote. I think she'd rather loved and lost. Give it a chance, yeah. Why not give it a chance? Yeah. I mean, she says it on the podcast where uh, 
she doesn't have any regret about it. Yeah. There's pain, but at least she tried. What else did you learn, though? From what did what did you see and notice? Because it seemed like it's my parents were never married, mm-hmm. and my dad's a total womanizer. Well, maybe that rubbed off on me somehow. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that rubbed off on your script as well. Oh, yeah, and your mom is very, is very the character of the mother in, in your yeah. script seems like your mom, from what I know. Yeah, yeah. How did it rub off on me? What did I see? I saw that. Uh, I mean, we can talk about my script, but keep, keep going. We can, yeah. we can, but I don't know. It's, it seems easier for men to cheat than women. And I think it's actually easier to cheat as a woman because nobody expects us to, to get away with it. Maybe you're right. Yeah. I'm open to being wrong. That's nice. I'm often wrong. Wait, but what about cheating? I mean, I don't know if we're going to have to throw away this whole podcast. This is a herky-jerky one, but it could be great when I listen back. But, okay. uh but you weren't in love with a girl that you dated for a year. You've mm-hmm. never been in love. No. You don't even, oh, wow. Is, is that upsetting to you? No, but who are those children making all these sense? Do you want to have kids? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Um, no, it's not upsetting to me. It's just that I'm so like, yeah, I'm just so confused. I don't even know what I want right now. Like, I have been in love, but I think I've been like really intense, like codependent, exhausting, like, I love you. Have you ever had that? No. Oh man, you're so even keel. It matches your voice. <laughs> it does. You've got this be- lovely, like, real mellow, easy talking mm. boy. And, you know, I guess I match my voice because I'm like, oh my God, no way. I can't believe it. No. Like, <laughs> it's all very intense. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I get so confused because I feel like I like crazy, unhealthy, codependent love that's like, it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Or I at least want to start there and then have it get to a point where it's like, it's uh, never sustainable. I think you convince yourself that it is in the beginning. You do? No, I think you do. I do? Yeah. Wait, why? How do you know? The script. I'm different from the script, but know not that. much. I not much. That. But barely. But barely. Yeah. No, I just, I have a feeling for you. Like, I have an idea. Tell me everything. Well, now the, we're talking. Now we're talking about nah. you. Yeah, that's, we've changed it to... You're deflecting. I'm not deflecting. I'm I've answered fucking, every question. I'm teasing I've answered you. every question. Look at those hands and those bee stung lips. Oh, man. We might have to redo this, but that's okay. Keep going. It's okay. What do you know? Are you trying to flirt with me? No, I'm uh, I'm just trying to not feel sick. Ooh, great. Keep drinking that Sprite. <laughs> I ate corn nuts the other day, too. It's not gross. Corn yeah, nuts and cane yeah. Neither do I. It was a vending machine. I was starving. Disgusting. I was low blood sugar. I am disgusting. No, I didn't say that. But Sometimes I am disgusting. Well, sure. Those little kids. Oh, my God. Those little fucks. Those little fucks. When two podcasters try to podcast, it's not going to be so easy. That's it's easy for me. I, I feel fine. You can barely keep that fucking pen on your yearbook over there. Um, no, but tell what do you mean? I can't sustain it. What are you talking about? No, I, I, I psychoanalyze me. No, I don't want to psychoanalyze you. A little you. bit. I'll I, do it. I'll do it a little bit. Okay. You don't have to yell. Thanks, Aristotle. Well, we can keep it calm. I mean, okay. No, no, I just, uh, like I said earlier, I think you try. And I do think there's a part of you that believes you need someone in your life to make you feel okay. Um, and maybe that is the script. But it's also from what I know of you. And what's strange to me is, like, you're good. Oh, I feel like I'm good, though. Yeah, but it, but it, you don't put that out there enough, I think. Really? Yeah, I think you don't put out enough confidence and, and love for yourself. Why? How? When? Why don't you do that? I don't know. No, where? No, I mean, like... Just my general feeling I get. 
the feeling from listening to the podcast? Listening to the podcast, knowing you, just the, the whole thing. But we rarely see each other. Yeah, but I, I, that's the one thing I know I'm okay at in life. Yeah. Because I can kind of read people. Okay. So read me. I just want to make sure I understand. No, the reading is like, I think you have confidence in yourself, but I think it feels a little, it's a new confidence, right? I mean, I think you feel better about yourself now more than you've ever had. Okay. Is that fair? Uh, Maybe so. I'm just listening. I want to listen. And, and this is just my reading. I no, I know it. No, I know. No, I just think you're a good person. And um, you ought to remind yourself of that a little more. Okay. Based on what? What do I do? Based on what do you do? I said based on what? And then the separate thought is what What have I done that makes you say that? That like you're a good person? No. I'm, I'm trying to finish the... Oh. You're telling me that I... Uh, my confidence is new mm. and that you get the sense that I feel like I need to be with someone. Right, right, right. I think you talk about your need to be with someone often on need. the podcast. Oh, I don't, I, I or never Or desire say, or longing, whatever, whatever you want to phrase it. I think I have, I'm attracted to people. I'm curious and I, I know what it is like, to, mm. what it's like to be in love. I've been engaged. I've been in like a five-year relationship. I've been in a two-year relationship. I've been in, but I've also been alone a ton. And what I'm experiencing right now is, I'm so good at being alone because it's so easy for me, which is funny because it's not, this is not what you're saying. I get so used to being by myself that let it, and it's getting harder and harder to let other people in because I'm an only child. I'm, mm. I'm not so malleable and to like have to compromise and to like, it just gets really difficult. I even like took a quote I put on my Instagram. You're not on Instagram, right? Mm. I love that. It's an old soul about mm. you. I feel like you're not on Instagram. Um, from that Woody Allen interview you did. This is bonkers. These kids downstairs. The mics are probably not picking it up. But uh, about how, like, I do feel like something should be easy. And the minute it's, like, and I, I do want to say this because when people tell me what they think of me, because I do put myself out there in such a major way, whether it's, like, from a blog that I started, like, nine years ago that I have not really updated for, like, two years or whatever, and then my podcast where I play up certain things or whatever and, like, oh, boys, whatever. Uh, oh my god I don't know It's just uh, You're okay with being alone I am okay with being alone It's like uh, Oh cause I try people on But I'm never afraid to leave That's the thing And then mm-hmm. people get mad at me My friends who know me really well Are always like You gotta work at it You gotta work at it And then I read this quote From Woody Allen In your interview with him where he's like, oh, you shouldn't have to work at it. It's like nothing you really shouldn't have to. And I was like, that sounds great. I totally agree with what he's saying. And uh, he- mm. I should say, maybe not best to take love advice from what I Allen. know, I know, I know. I totally get that. But I'm just saying that, like, like, so if I come off a certain way to you, like, I don't know, I know myself best or I know how I feel internally where it's like I've dated, I have, because I, I do date a lot of people because I do get carried away and, like... You get excited. I get excited and that's why sometimes, like, yeah, if I make out with you and then you're asking to hang out, I'm like, I got to create boundaries for myself because I mm. will get carried away with things. So even if you're like, I wasn't even trying to sleep with you, I'm just like, oh, I don't know, because I get excited or swept up because I'm like uh, romantic or I'm like, I don't know, because I love making out and I love having sex and stuff like that. So I don't know. So I'm just agreeing to disagree because you're telling me how I am. So I'm like, but yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm telling you how I perceive you. I- no, I'm, I definitely think you know yourself better than I know you. Oh yeah, and I'm sure this is completely coming off as defensive, but I'm just uh, but just I like to. You can be defensive. 
but I'm not, I don't feel defensive. But I'm just saying that like when, if you tell me a certain thing and I go, okay, well I have a response. Yeah, that's, it, does, that's it, my... it doesn't compute to you. Yeah. I get that. Oh, it doesn't compute? I think you think I'm wrong and I probably am. Oh no, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying you're saying your thing and then I'm just speaking to that. Yeah. So yeah, my, my take on that and yeah. I think but, your thing is the truth. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but yeah, where are we going with all of this? I don't know. That's for you to do. I know it is for me to do. I'm excited to not be asking the questions. Oh my goodness. But I want more of that. That sounds fascinating. I like your assessment of me. This is interesting. That's, I'm not going to do that. Why? You, that, you, you started mean, to. I, I did enough. I mean, this is uh, we can't do two hours of me assessing you. I mean, maybe I could. You definitely maybe. could. Um, oh man. I love those, those little fucks oh, out there. Little fucks out there. Oh boy, I can't even focus. I cannot even focus today. It's so crazy. You have um, some stuff in your notes. I know. Okay, so you're born. Where'd you say? Chicago. <laughs> born in Chicago. Living your life. You have siblings, but you like, but they're all half siblings. Um, I guess so. Yeah, I have one half brother. Only ever referred to him as a half brother, even to his face, because I, mm. I don't know what's wrong with me. Where I just have like some kind of my frontal lobe is informed. Or I don't know, I have social etiquette or something. You don't care about him very much. I guess I just don't care about him very mm. much. But I've always been like, I'd be a liar if I didn't tell people that he was. He's, you know, he's my half brother. I don't want to be. Like, <laughs> I, I actually felt like I was the honest thing to do was to announce that he's my half brother. So okay, so what was high school like for you? Were you just brilliant? Did you? Were you? Uh, no. What's your IQ? Oh, uh, I don't think I've ever did that. No, never done that. Uh, I moved to California sophomore year of high school. Okay. My mom fell in love with someone in California. And so I, yeah, I left everyone I knew in Chicago and started what I thought to be like an exciting new life uh, in westward. And then it kind of was a disaster. Wait, where in LA did you live? Or where in California? Fresno. Fresno? Yeah, I did three years of some sort of high school prison in Fresno. Glamorous Fresno. No, it was actually wonderful. Okay. But when I first moved, yeah, I knew no one. Yeah. Uh, same when I moved to L.A. I mean, I knew, except I actually knew no one. And it's harder to not know anyone when you're 15 than when you're 21. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was very lonely. Lonely in Fresno? Mm-hmm. And then were you there just, how long were you there for? I was there from sophomore year of high school till I went off to college in San Francisco. Okay. What yeah. college? San Francisco State. And you were just loving movies the entire time? Or what were you obsessed with? I, I started writing movies really when, you know, I started writing about movies. Yeah, we can get Aristotle, cut this. Ready? Yeah. We're done, too. Because this is what I do on my show when I fuck up. I'm going to cough. <coughs> I have a cough, too. Wonderful. <coughs> Hopefully not okay. contagious. We'll see. Um, no. When I moved to California and, and actually didn't know anyone, it gave me a lot of room to do something. And that something was just writing about movies because it was a lot easier to write about people than actually interact with them. Yeah. So I was uh, alone and I did that and I just kept writing and writing and I had a blog. You did? It was a blog spot and then, it was, and then it was a WordPress and then it was some other bullshit. We're so similar. Oh, we are. Blogging, podcaster, writers. Mm. I can't believe this. We're almost identical. We're almost identical. Um, Except for the parts where we're not. Anyway, so, okay, so you're in San Francisco. You're going, what college do you go to? San Francisco State. San Francisco State. Do you have a uh, bad memory? I'm just sick today. <laughs> I'm just very sick today. You, I'm really, really. I like when Aristotle laughs at my, my I jokes. I mean, listen, 
character assassinated me. Mm. You've already told me how weak I am and how I'm only newly confident, even though we met a year ago. Didn't say you're weak. He said, uh, and that I need a man, which is so funny because I like think mm. I'm think I'm gonna be that I think I need a man. Mm-hmm. I think I, I well actually you've one that's actually in the script. No, that's not me though. No, no, Don't no. You but understand? it's also I've heard stuff like that in the podcast, and I've heard stuff in that when we're hanging out. Oh, because you were with me at the party when the guy ran from me, and I went as a joke. I went, "Am I ever gonna find?" Do you remember the guy ran uh, from me uh, off of the porch? I do. I didn't know we were talking about that. Oh, I mean, sure. I'm fine. No, but like that was. Uh, mm-hmm. I was not into that. Well he, well, he was a child. Yeah. Yeah. No, so that's why I was like, and I thought I got over it immediately because I went right back to the party and went, men are literally running from me now. But it was like hilarious mm-hmm. and a big relief. And it was, but it was mm-hmm. just like, but I've not spoken to that guy since. Mm-hmm. Even I called him at four in the morning to be like, hope you got in your plane okay. But yeah. anyway, but uh, yeah. The more I was in California and didn't have anyone, the more I wrote about movies. And then that just got to the point where like, I mean, the origin story of all of this is that I went to a festival in Champaign called Ebert Fest. It was Roger Ebert's film festival. And um, he had lost his voice by that point. He had some kind of cancer. I don't remember what it was called. And uh, I attended the festival and I gave him my like really shitty business card. Like, you had a business card? Oh, of course. At like 17, I, I like was immediately trying to impress people way older than me. Oh my God, but you were 17 in college? 17 in high school. In high school. This is junior year of high school. I go to this film festival with my father. It's been a a yearly tradition because it's when I can see my dad and we carpool down there together. It's a good thing for my dad and I because I don't see him very often. Who got the business cards made? I did. What I mean, I went went to like like Kinko's or something. Incredible. They're like $30. They're terrible. And uh, on the back of a business card, I wrote some note to him that was essentially like, um, you're voiceless now, but your voice means everything to me. And it did. He was the reason I like felt less alone in high school. And I gave him that card and had my email on it. And two months later, at the end of junior year of high school, on my lunch break, I open up my email and he, it's a note from him. And he's like, I read your stuff. I think you can be a writer, film critic or otherwise. By the way, don't put your, uh, by the way, don't put your age on the internet. In these days, who knows? And I remember I was with my friend Harrison, my friend Ian, who I'm still friends with. And I was just like crying. I mean, I was... To get a note like that from the person that changed your life at 17. Yeah. From there, I was like, yeah, okay, I can do this. And so I did it. And how did you end up being, you were 21 years old and you're interviewing, like, what, what was the next major huge thing? I was 17, and, yeah, and then... No, 21 for, interviewing Woody Allen, right? Um, no, I was, uh, no, I was... 19? 19, Oh, yeah. my God. Okay, yeah. so so you have that wonderful moment. So I go to San Francisco State, I major in journalism, which is really the dumbest idea. Journalism school is a colossal waste of time. Why? Well, journalism as a whole is not like a job you can do anymore, unless you're working at the New York Times in New York or, or some glossy magazine but even those people are cutting back um so when i decided to major in journalism i really decided to write about other shit other than movies and yeah i just started doing interviews and i pitched a bunch to a bunch of places and um things just started happening i mean i got like something in the atlantic and i pitched stuff to vanity fair and i knew some people from film critic days and i was still doing 
criticism in some regard. And uh, the Woody Allen thing was just a fluke. I was in Chicago, and it was something actually for Vice. And um, I'm happy to say this, but they said yes to the piece with Woody. And his people, Woody's publicist, were like, yeah, we'd love to do that. It would be interesting to have Woody Allen and Vice. I mean, a crazy idea. Yeah. And I turned in the piece with Woody, a great conversation, what I thought to be. And the Vice people said, well, you didn't ask him if he fucked that kid. Oh, my God. So we're not going to run the interview. You're too easy on him. And I said, oh, wow, okay. And I pitched it to Salon, and they said no. And I pitched it to Slate, and they said no. And then NPR was like, oh, yeah, we'd love to run it. And all those places, including Vice, Salon, Slate, all ran stories about the interview after it ran. Oh, my God. This is how it is. I mean, it was insane. And the NPR thing, it, yeah, blew up in, in a insane way. I mean, I, I never had anything like that. It was like a trending topic on Twitter. It was a fucking disaster because then the publicist and all those people were furious with me. They were furious oh, with Oh, yeah. You. They gave me a call and they said, we didn't set you have to talk to Woody Allen about drugs and sex. And uh, I, I didn't really care. I mean, I know Woody didn't care either. I mean, he shared with you. I mean, let's tell the listeners what we're talking about. In your article, what is it he says that, mm. that's so irritating uh, or salacious to everybody is because... He says a lot of things, yeah. Well, he talks he about... says uh, his relationship with Soon Yi is paternal in nature, um, which is kind of an uh, uncomfortable thing to hear. Yeah. It's a bit it's a bit disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Um not for me to judge, but I knew he was gonna get shit for that. Yeah. When he said it. But I mean it wasn't gonna cut it either. Do you have an interview tech like tactic that you use for people? <laughs> what do you mean tactic? Like well, I mean like do you uh <laughs> do you like Howard Stern interviews? Um Do you like him? I, I do in, in small doses. Why? I think I think in, in anything more than forty minutes he's pretty intolerable why oh, like interviews or like yeah or, I, I think I only listen to his interviews I don't listen to like everything else that goes no on I listen show. to his interviews I think he's fun and he gets stuff out of people mm-hmm. but in a way that feels a bit uncharitable to the guest oh really yeah I think he's kind of he has a mean streak that I don't have yeah for sure um, but I like him yeah I mean he's one of the people I look to Terry Gross obviously Ira Glass um those people do good jobs. Mar- Marin, kind yeah. of. Too sloppy. Uh, I, I don't mind sloppy. Yeah. I, I don't think that matters to me. It's not what I do. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sloppy. We're real sloppy over here. You're doing a different thing. I wouldn't call it sloppy. I'd call it um, conversational. But I think I do conversational, too. I have no tactic other than that I listen to the people uh, as closely as I can. Yeah. And try to throw away all preconceptions I have of them. Oh, that's good. Oh, I remember I interviewed like a porn star and I remember going into it. I was, I didn't even realize I was coming into it maybe the day before. So judgmental. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, I would never do that. Oh my God. And then I spoke to someone who also interviews people and they went, you've got to come at it, uh, you know, out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. And when they said that, when this guy said this to me, I was like, Oh yeah. Like the judgment doesn't help. It just gets in the way. So when I, mean, I came at it from that angle, I was like, oh my, and you know, it helped my relationships with meeting people in general in my entire life kind of changed after that like tiny tweak. I was like, oh yes, I'm just fascinated by this person. I'm curious about their life. So judgment is kind of uninteresting. It is very uninteresting. Yeah. I don't want people to judge me. Sam. <laughs> Un-fucking-believable. There you go. Um, 
I mean, so you have no tactics. You're very, I mean, you're thinking, but you're like, your show is very produced and it's very like, do you have questions ready to go? Do you have of like, do you, do you have like, I mean, I have topics. Yeah. I'm, I'm someone who like has like seven things I know I'd like to talk about. Yeah. And, um, we'll get to them in whatever way we do. Yeah. Sometimes I don't have a lot of time with the guest. Uh, like in the case of Norman Lear, I had like a month to prepare for that. And there's a reason it goes as well as it does. It's because I had quotes ready and like oh actual audio that we played together in the headphones and he heard himself in the 80s. And like yeah. when, it, when I have the time like that to really prepare, um, I like doing that. But also some of my best ones are like... I love Melanie Linsky. Melanie that was so loose. Great. That Very was loose. so loose. And I felt like you're your most, most... I mean, I haven't listened to all of them. I have to listen to the Janixa one at South By, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, but I made sure to check in with her, and she told me which which interviews to listen to of yours, and they were pretty much the same ones that you recommended. That mm-hmm. you know, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like you were the most yourself, and really, I don't even know you that well. But like, uh, but it's so crazy we've made out. But anyway, but uh, <laughs> so you can just make out with anybody and really not know. Them. But uh, yeah, it just seemed less. Uh, she does that. I mean, I, I like her a lot. Yeah, I think she um, has a calming effect. So and vulnerable, she's so vulnerable. I mean, I remember. Also, it's a lot easier to be vulnerable uh, and honest with someone like when you're sitting in their home. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, that that always makes for a better conversation. Oh my god, we went to Angeline's home or office or whatever that was. It was the worst interview ever because she didn't want to answer anything. Oh. She was just, you know, Angeline. Angeline. Angeline, she's on the billboard. She's like this woman who's like, I don't know how old she is, like in her 60s, 70s. She wears tons of makeup and tiny little skirts. She's like this weird 80s. Oh, she sounds great. LA icon. No, she's just like an LA kind of iconic, weird staple. Mm. You've never heard of her? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Rodney Bingenheimer, have you heard of him? Mm. Oh, he's another, like, just like these weird, like, kind of culty figures that are like, have been around Los Angeles and I was born and raised here. So she was not interested in answering. She just was like so hard to to wrangle that it was just like oh my god and I didn't want to, I wanted to be really kind to her and not talk about what kind of surgery she's had done even though these are like she just seems to, so I was trying to be really precious and yeah people loving, don't love to talk about their surgery but it's like if you see if you, since you don't know who we're talking about to not talk about that with Angeline and aging and what you know if she's famous for being famous and she's not I guess she's not that famous if you don't know who she is but uh but I have blind spots we have blind spots it happens mm. um. I'm so excited for you to be in love for the first time. Oh. I wonder what that will feel like. Interesting segue. I'm just saying, you know, when you said you have blind spots, it's a, oh, it's a blind spot. That's good. And then you'll then you'll understand what it's like to chase that uh, that Clever. dragon, that dragon. Oh, I can't wait. Um, I still want to know what uh, what comes up when you date somebody and what they get like really frustrated with you by. Because when I mean, your mom said that mm. on the, in that interview, and she's like, "Oh God, it's not going to be easy because you're not easy." I wonder what that looks like. Because mm. for all the girls who are going to want to love you and date you after they see your photo. And they hear this podcast, they're going to be like, how can I get to Sam? And I'm going to be like, good luck, ladies. Good luck. Put some walls up. Because uh, I have walls up. Don't you have walls up? Yeah. What are your walls? Let's break them down. Well. I feel like I put walls up because I can feel your walls up. Mm, is that right? Maybe. Well, because you're. Uh, well, it's like, it's like interviewing someone. I mean, you don't get to know everything destroy walls just because you want to i know yeah i mean that just happens sometimes sometimes people come on the show and i cannot penetrate yeah um doesn't happen very often yeah usually the truth of the matter is and i don't mean to deflect about my no emotional romantic walls we can talk about that but the truth that i found about interviewing is like if you have anyone for an hour it's kind of hard to bullshit 
for an hour. Yeah. You can kind of fake your way through a 20 minute interview. So I talk about, you know, two hours. That's when you get you real exhausted, lubed up. And then all of a sudden you're like, I can't believe I get about my social security number. Yeah. This is mental. That, that, that's not going to happen. Okay. Here. All right. Yeah. But two hours does make people feel a bit delusional. Mm-hmm. I already feel a little more insane than when I entered. Well, that's why we all go all over the place. And then all of a sudden then it's like, okay, we got rid of that stuff. Cause you know, you, you clear the, the I've answered game. everything, honestly. Well, you do do this thing though, where you tell me something or you like say something very intense it's fine i mean we're fine um you say something very intense Mm -hmm. about like my character or who i am or whatever something you notice and then if i ask you about it you're like oh god like was but like i'm just no that's actually i that i think you're misreading okay but you have to but when i ask you to elaborate because i want to understand no no but be with me in the elaboration i can't elaborate because i don't have anything to elaborate on that, that what i'm saying is my surface interpretations can very easily be wrong and so when i say something about you yeah and you offer your own take which is obviously more personal and about you i'm not someone who's particularly bullish about that i i believe you and so i'm quick to say like yeah okay oh, ma- yeah. maybe maybe i'm wrong yeah i'm fine with that i'm i'm fairly comfortable with being wrong um, so it's not that I like don't want to elaborate. It's just I think my elaboration would be my weird like male you're right version. Or yeah, and I, oh no, I just mean I'm, I'm like a, yeah. I'm just more interested because I like the details. I, I, like this is why I, I don't have the details. So. When you go, oh, we use this happen, and this is what made me think that. Mm-hmm. I like I like getting. But that's why I exhaust men sometimes because mm-hmm. I just want to know too many details. You want to know the details. I like the details, and they're like, what? If we knew each other better, I could give you details. I mean, I have a good memory, so I can kind of yeah. recall things. Yeah, but. No, I, I, you know. Oh, man. What's the question here? I don't know. See, it's so hot in here. Look how cute you are. Um, oh, my God. Well, so here's where I get, I get skeptical. Like, I don't know if anybody, anybody ever gives you grief about this, about oh, um, being a film critic. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, uh, but you're friends with so many filmmakers, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, who are your filmmaker friends? Uh, Janixa, Bravo. Yeah. Janixa. Anybody else? Um, sure. Okay, you don't, okay. We'll just spit it out, baby. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, um, you know, the people helping me with the thing I'm, you know, the film I'm making now. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, Ira Sachs has been really good to me. Sean Baker has been good to me. Yeah. Um, some actors, I mean, people who've been on the show, some I've just met, uh, yeah, I'm not a name dropping person. No, I'm not asking. You know, you don't have to. I'm just, uh, just, that's fine. Um. Just tell me to fuck off, and that's totally no, great. No, th- the thing is, I mean, I think I get where you're confused, and I think it's because I haven't given you the whole story. Like, yes, I started as a film critic, yeah, and I do some of that now to pay bills, but yeah. it, not much anymore. Um, I transitioned into being more of a long-form journalist and an interviewer, and then I had every intention to go back to school a couple of years ago, and then I went to the Toronto Film Festival, and... Um, Oh, fuck. Well, yeah, I have no problem with saying this. Um, yeah, I met uh, Hadrian, who uh, formerly ran the Senate family. Mm-hmm. And um, I met him one night, and we started talking, and he said, what do you think about running a theater in San Francisco? And I had been living there previously for school and, and other stuff, and I was like pretty drunk at the time. And I said, yeah, sure, okay. And the next day I was on the phone with the board of this theater called The Roxy in San Francisco. And they were like, yeah, 
do you want to interview for this job? And the next day I was on a plane back to San Francisco interviewing to be the creative director of this art house. And I wasn't even 21 yet. I mean, uh, and I got the job and I moved back to San Francisco. And so I did that for a year. So I think a lot of the befriending of filmmakers or people in our industry came from like, I programmed their movies. I tried my best to support the people that I thought was, you know, that I thought was doing interesting things. Um, so I'm, I met a lot of people through that. Yeah. And uh, and then I left. But was there anything inside of you that where you're like, okay, so you 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 write about films mm. to pay the bills? That's fewer and far between now, right? Yeah. Less and less. Was there something inside of you or one moment where you're like, I want to make things, I want to be creative. I already am a creative person, and mm-hmm. and because a lot of people are say like, stay away from film journalists or whatever, or just or there's like kind of like a yeah a bad take because it's a like stigma. the enemy, yeah, stigma. So enemy, yeah. or it's like people who want to make stuff but don't, even mm-hmm. though they're amazing film critics and one of them uh, podcast right here, <laughs> Wonder Malton podcast and right. Right? Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway. Yeah. But, uh, he's a nice guy. So, uh, okay. So, yeah. So I'm just interested. I, I was like so excited when I even heard that you wanted to make things mm-hmm. and be more creative. And I just wanted to know like when that moment happened inside of you and then what you, what you're interested in talking about or, you know. I mean, I was interested in writing before all of it. Yeah. So, I mean, I take things as they come. Um, the trajectory, as I've told you, is like insane. Yeah. It's a lot of nonsense and a lot of luck. And also um, a lot of time busting my ass to to make something of my life. I mean, neither of my parents, as I told you, have like any ties to the city. Like my dad's a public school teacher. My mom's a divorce attorney. Oh, my goodness. You know, I don't come from like great wealth. I don't come from people who've like produced movies. Like I don't have any of that. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your mom was uh, in a band. She she was like a, a figure in the in the scene here a little bit. <laughs> maybe maybe cool. that's what that's what I've heard. From who? I think I just remember someone saying. Who was someone saying? I don't remember who. I just remember like she has a cool home or some shit like that. My mom is a cool home. I don't know. Well, let's not get into that. Why do you get? Why do you get so defensive when I ask you things? Well, because you get I, so squiggly. No, you get you get so squiggly oh, no, and I, like squirmy. <laughs> and then you, and then I I take that on. I'm like, what did I do? You did nothing. Um, the point is, I think I always wanted to write something. And um, in the last year, it's made more sense that I ought to do that. I mean, yeah. I, I have no reason not to. And I also had people who encouraged me yeah. to do so. Um, and so I never took the film criticism thing as uh, I don't care about the stigma. Yeah. Really. I got upset, not really upset, but I like teased you about um, not calling me that in that moment. But I also was on. Oh, when? At that one, I think it was Jordan's party. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. Also, we were all on like mushrooms. I wasn't, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we were all, I was a little. Yeah. yeah. And I also just don't like to be called one thing. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. I was But there is a stigma attached. You're right. I mean, people don't. And you're aware of it, and you feel it sometimes, and less that, now, less I mean, now. Yeah, Got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also, I understand it. Yeah. So what what is there to understand about it? Just in case people listening are like, oh, I don't oh, understand. I think it's hard. It's hard to befriend someone who's writing about you, and in fact, it's not normal. Or their job is to judge a thing. Yeah. That's so hard and so, personal and so hard to make. And, sure. Yeah. And the thing about a film critic is that um, they love movies just as much as the person making them. Yeah. 
And not all film critics are people who wanted to make films. I mean, yeah. that that is like a line we've heard, yeah. but it's not actually accurate. Yeah. Um, I think film criticism is very valuable. And I think it's a, a really beautiful art form if done well. It's just that most people do it really terribly. Who's a really famous female film critic from... So many. No, God. Freddie Sinellis always talks about her. Renata Adler? No. Pauline Kael. Yes. Right. So are you a big fan of hers? Oh, I love Pauline Kael. Yeah. Yeah. She has... She had, um, rest in peace, a great quality of understanding and writing about human beings while being incredibly aristocratic. I mean, like, she's very... The way she shits on people is... uh, Incredible. Yeah. She really had a, an art. She really invented an art form of destroying people. And also, she was friends with, like, Brian De Palma and um, a whole bunch of filmmakers who loved her. Yeah. So. So what do you want to, what kind of stories do you want to tell? What is this thing you're making? Mm. I don't know if talk about it if you don't want to. Uh, we can talk about it. I, I've not really been telling people because I don't. Like to talk about things until they're. Yeah. Let it, let it happen. Um. You're on a goddamn podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm on a podcast. You a uh, what kind of things do I want to make? You scrap this whole podcast. Uh, oh, you want to scrap it? No, I'm just saying. Just tell me the stuff. No, I want to, like anyone who is like sane and has a heart, wants to make movies about things that mean something to them. Yeah. Um, so the thing I'm working on is uh, about a young man and an older married woman, an affair, an affair that they're having. Yeah. So that's the log line. Yeah. Is this based on some... Uh... Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's incredible. Now you have 9,000 questions about that. Where is she? Tell me everything. Does your mom know? How are you... My mom does know. Does your mom know everything about you? No. Okay. But she knows too much. She knows too much. No, she knows exactly what I tell her, which is a lot. I've always told my parents pretty much everything. Yeah. Um... I remember I told my my dad or my mom that I had like done mushrooms. Yeah. And they were like, okay, yeah, fine. But like, you know, be careful. How often do you do mushrooms, by the way? Um, it's like a quarterly thing. A quarterly thing. Yeah. Three or four times a year. Seemed like the appropriate healthy amount. How I, old were you when you did mushrooms for the first time? Like 20. Like 20. Yeah. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. I've said plenty. You have said plenty. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where to go with all this. Mm -hmm. It caught me on a weird day. You seem deflated. I do? Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm sick. I don't know. It's a funny thing. It's, uh... I like this because um, you're less performative than usual. Yeah, that's why... And I think it's because you know me a little bit. Well... I think I'm a little sensitive today. You have a lot of notes. I did have a lot of notes. Let me see. Yeah, why don't you go over and tell me what oh you... Oh, my God. Mild food poisoning, calling a last name, whatever, blah, blah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Do you ever get nervous when you interview somebody? Um, yeah. You do? Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that? Um, how do I deal with that? Is this too hot in the studio? No. It feels good. How do I deal with that? You know, you just get nervous. And then once it starts, most of it kind of subsides. Yeah. That's what I've learned. I mean, before the Woody Allen thing, I was uh, very anxious. You were? Yeah, I was at a hotel in like a conference room. And I like ran to the bathroom and was like 
sweating profusely and um, very anxious. Yeah. And then what happens is kind of what happens when you talk to anyone, which is like after a few minutes, it's just two people talking. Yeah. And it's okay. And the world's not going to end. And you're probably not going to embarrass yourself completely. Yeah. Are you on antidepressants? No. No? No. You're so even keel. How do you do it? I feel like nothing rattles you. Oh, plenty of things rattle me. What rattles you? Um, what rattles me? Um, other people feeling pain that I'm close to. Yeah. Is upsetting. Other people being hurt by another human being rattles me. Um, seeing someone I love despondent, um, that those things really upset me. Have you seen that a lot? Yeah. I mean, you know, for the longest time, I've always been the friend uh, that got told everything. I think I provide for a long time like a space for that I ask questions I like to listen I prefer not to answer questions or talk oh really yeah it's only new it's a new thing really since I moved here and a couple of people that I befriended told me like you have to you know not everything's an interview and um, I've made it a point to change that about me oh wow yeah I recognize that babe yeah yeah where you deflect with a question mm-hmm. to get the other person talking. Yeah, so I've stopped doing that a whole bunch in my day-to-day life. Yeah. But um, I like being the person that people come to. I'm good at that. But the problem is then, or not the problem, but the reality of that is like you end up really knowing people. And when you really know people, what you find is a lot of pain and, and suffering and people feeling slighted and unwanted and frustrated with their career and unhappy with their partner and um yeah i find myself being really upset about other people that's just how it is what makes you sad like what's going on that you aren't sharing anything because that's what i'm interested in because i feel like you've got it all together and you're no you know i mean but i mean i don't know because it's like and i i am I'm just going to use me as an example. And whatever this podcast is, whatever happens, whenever I release it, because I might have to edit a lot of it, whatever, because I'm more interested in just like us, like getting to know each other. Sure. I am the most sensitive person. I am a million contradictions, right? We all are. Very strong, but whatever. But I don't care. I'm just me. I'm just Alexi. I don't give a fuck about anybody. I don't care about you. And what it, like Aristotle's his own thing. He's very, you know, he's got his, I've got to learn how to balance that because we're very different. He's very quiet. And I used to get very affected by that. Now, whatever, we're good. Right. Okay. Anyway, but uh, and I do prefer being very performative on this thing because to me, a podcast is like it's entertaining, and I like be, I love playing. That's why I ask you when, and I, I'm I'm putting to me, I'm throw it back, back to you. When I I liked, I put myself out in so many different forms, and they're all different versions of myself, and a lot of them are like I love playing the butt of the joke. I love being like, oh no, my pimple. Yeah. But then I, there's a whole other aspect of me where it's like, I know I'm a fucking badass. I am confident. I'm an only child. I love being alone. I am rigid and I can be very mean and all these things. So a million contradictions. So when I ask you like, oh, is it the script? Because a lot of that shit I didn't live out. And a lot of that stuff, and, like, and that isn't me. And it's, I thought the ending of the thing was to be like, 
you don't need, you want something good. You don't want to want anything. You don't just want a warm body. You want whatever. It doesn't matter. So it's not to be desperate for love and all this stuff. I didn't say the script was that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all over the So... So that's why I ask when you get a gauge on me, is it from my podcast? I know you listen to that from time to time and I can be playing a character. So is it from that exchange when we made out? Is it because it's only been a handful of whatever or a blog or this or that. So that's why I like to know because I know that I like, because I, anyway, but you, when I meet you, it's like interesting because we're so different Mm. because I'm sure we're not that different, but like the way you present is like deflection like you deflect and I can't take that. Like my, this is, I'm talking about our relationship right now on the podcast or getting to know you in this like weird two hour thing to get really real. It's like, yeah, like you're so even keel mm-hmm. and I'm just like, oh my God, ah, what? I'm feeling this and we have to talk about this right now. And it's like, and I wear it all on my sleeve and it's like confusing and it's like, what? You're like, what? Like, so mm. when the Melanie Linsky, when you're talking to her and it seemed like you, like, like it seemed a little bit less produced because she got that out of you because she's like very intense and very like mm-hmm. emotional and I really identify with her and I have a lot of love for her and I like that. That's my that's my type of like people. So yeah, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Because you are very young and I probably project shit on you where I'm like, well, he hasn't even loved yet. If he says he hasn't even loved, like how much, like, but it's like the podcast is produced and I love your curiosity. I love hearing the guests you have on the thing, but it's like, yeah, like who, who are you? What's going on? Are you sad? Like, I want to know all these things because, because you do present so perfect and I don't, and you can tell people how they are and other people can unload their shit on you, mm-hmm. but it's like, what's in there? Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like I want to crack you up and be like, that's why I'm like, okay, so you can write about films. That's all great. Like, cause you know, me and my, I write my sloppy mess. I write my sloppy mess. You read it. I'm so happy you write, you write it and it's imperfect. And it's like, I don't know. I've never written a movie before. But I'm going to try to fucking do this. We're going to figure out a sweet, whatever. So yeah, like I was just interested in like what the fuck is lurking inside of you. I'm so excited for when you fall in love and like what all your fucking weird issues are. And it's not even to be told on my podcast. Cause it's really none of anybody's business, mm. you know, but like, that's what I'm like. Cause yeah, so I just feel so, uh, my thing with you sometimes is probably that I feel odd at odds cause we're so different externally. I don't know. I like that. So I guess that's what I, why I get grumpy with you. Or get, uh, it's like, sometimes it can be like, but then, I also, but then I also have like a real fondness for you. Cause at the core is like, when I see your face, I just like melt like in the few, like I don't see you enough according to like, I mean, I don't see you that often. I don't think like, but I'm like, I'm like, Oh God, I just have to remember like, yeah, I don't know. I just have like such a fondness for your face. Like, I don't know. Like overall, it's a loving thing, but I get weird if people don't operate the way I operate. I'm like, that's odd, mm. you know. So what's in there? Tell me everything. <laughs> I like that. I I I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I'm just, not like robotic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I'm definitely a tough egg to crack, um, and that comes from uh, my skepticism about what people want and what they want from me and uh, why they want to know. Why they want to know? Yeah. Why are you always deflecting and why do you want to know? Just to not show yourself then? You're not even really interested? Oh, no. I mean... Because I do this to feel less alone. Well, that's the thing about the podcast is that I... And I think you've you've heard a few episodes now, so you get it. Yeah. I, I definitely put myself in there. A little bit. I want more. Yeah, you want more. Yeah, I mean, but I know they're very highly revered people. You don't know, like Norman Lear. You don't want to be like, and then I went, you know, whatever. Norman, uh, yeah, yeah. listen to me, Norman. Uh, yeah, look, Norm, mm-hmm. Norman's ninety-five. He doesn't have time for my uh, sort of 
existential ramblings. Probably, uh, he probably really wants it, actually. That's probably what he wants most. But go on, yeah. But you want to know if I'm sad. That, I don't want to know if you're thing. sad. And, just... but, but, you, but you already know the answer. Like, of course you know that. Of course I'm sad. Of course I'm a... I mean, I have the same sort of, like, melancholic qualities of anyone who tries to make stuff and put their life and art into the world. Like, I, I have all those things. I wasn't even asking if you were sad, but nice to know. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, me, me being put together um, is obviously a presentation. Like, yeah. we all put together as tightly, clean presentations as possible so as to impress new people. Not me. I'm a fucking sloppy mess, I feel like. That's my... You, you have your own presentation. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's part of your thing. <gasps> Stop telling me who I am and tell me who you are. I can't. You have to ask a specific question. No, I don't. Mm, you telling me what to do. Okay, well, you do if you want me to answer in a way that's going to be like satisfying for you. Yeah. Because you feel like you don't know me. Yeah, I don't. But I've told you quite a bit. I know. But it's like, okay, so that, that's interesting to me. So you don't, you're a tough egg to crack because you don't know what people want. What might they want from you? I mean, it's probably sad, but I, I guess I'm... Uh, cautious because I don't really understand why people would care about you. I mean, I get the like surface caring, but like beyond that, if I'm going to like unload my baggage, which there is plenty of, um, I'd like to know that that person's going to like be in my life for a little bit. Oh, and, um, yeah, I mean, it probably has to do with the fact that like, my ideas of relationships are that there's an expiration date to them. Yeah. I mean, that started when I was a kid. And that's like some real connected therapy bullshit. Um, but it's also not bullshit. Yeah. So. It's so weird. The other day I was having a thought where I, I was like, I've had all my bullshit. My parents split. They were never married. People, you can't rely on people. They come and go and people are... You can't count on them. But then I had this thought where I went, oh, my God, at what point do you just go, who cares? Yes, okay, it happened in the past. It's over. Like, here, we're here now. Like, yeah. Because I, I was like, God, was I ever molested? I really have to dig deep. I mean, I don't think I was, but, like, was I, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I, I've had this stuff with my father and this and that, so this is how I have, have to be with men, and I have to work, like, and then... At what point, at just, what point just, do we let go of the past? Just, yeah, give yourself a yeah. fucking lobotomy or just go, you know... Well, this is fairly, I mean, not to, to bring this up or use this as a crutch, but I do think this may answer like some of your concerns or questions is like, I am 23, like barely 23. Yeah. And I'm still very much figuring out myself and like how I want to be and love and act in the world. Yeah. And it's a lot easier for me to present a sort of image of um, togetherness to people who are older because most of the people I have to interact with in my life are old than enough. Cut here. We're not cutting. You cut out. You cut that. Aristotle cut that. You say a lot of the people I interact with in my, oh my God, a lot of the people I interact with in my life are older than I am. Don't you like that I do that, Aristotle? It's going to be easy for you. I've done that before too. You mm -hmm. just don't hear the cuts. It hasn't happened yet. Fucking train wreck. Hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I'm the one who edits it, you dick. Oh, oh are you really? Yeah. Oh, I thought you edited it. Well, he used to, but then now I just fucking I'm a control freak. I do it in GarageBand. Oh, you, you quit? 
He didn't quit. He loves me. He loves me. He's great. I like One him. One day. It's me and Aristotle. I think so. Did you guys make a pact at 45 if neither of you are married? He's 25. Oh, that's good. So Aristotle probably understands, like, I don't have my shit together just by the nature of not being on this earth long enough. So, like, when you ask me to understand and, like, give you all myself... I don't even know. Like, I have no answer. I'm so glad you're saying this because I wanted to be so polite and not be like, you're young. Fuck you. Because it's no. also really rude when people are like, you don't know shit because you're young. So I was never not going to go there. And I don't believe that anyway. But yes, thank you for bringing it up. You're so right. Why do I expect you? Blah, blah. You're right. I don't know. I've been in love. How dare you tell me what's why you, you're you child? Which is why I've constantly said throughout this podcast that I am, I'm very envious and I admire you for, for what you do. And I've repeatedly said pretty nice things about how you enter and act in the world. You did? God, I only hear the bad things. Yeah, that's something I, I can't speak for. I'm well aware of it, and uh, yeah. Aristotle and I are working on it. Uh, I, I think he has his own life. I think you can maybe figure that out in your own I time. can make a reference and a joke and include Aristotle in my life if I want to. It's Great. my podcast. Yeah. It is. But yeah. So... I don't mean to deflect, and I don't mean to not be transparent with you. I feel like I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. Um, and I guess what rubs me the wrong way sometimes is because you're so good at that act sometimes, or from what I see that I'm like, wow, he really knows what's what. Because I don't, I forget your age, mm. you know, and you're hanging out with a bunch of like 36-year-olds, and it's like yeah. I forget your age. And, and then when you're like, Alexi, this is what I see. This is blah, blah. Or, or you say something, and I'm like, oh, my God, I really. And then I have to, that's why I have to be like, Oh no, I'm going to sound defensive, but I have to be like, Hey, wait, I know me better than Sam does. And I am oh. old. And so, uh, but you play it up so intensely that I'm like, Oh fuck. And then I remember how old you are. And I go, well, this precocious fuck. Like this little shit. Who is this little shit? This little shit. Um, yeah, I hear you. 10 years from now, where are you going to be? What do you want to be doing? Not um, having kids probably. 33. Yeah. No, I mean, what? I could have a kid then. What? Why not? Are you still having the affair with a married woman? No. Did that hurt your feelings? That I'm not having an Did affair. it hurt your feelings when you were having an affair with a married woman? In what way? Oh, my God. Did you end, did you feel sad? Did you feel like, oh, my God, this is a situation that's not going to end well. My feelings are going to be hurt or because mm. I can't get what I want or it's going to end? Mm-hmm. Um, feelings, Sam. Feelings. Do you have them? <laughs> Answers, yes. Good. Plenty of them. How can somebody hurt your feelings? But, yes, were your feelings hurt when you were with the married woman in that situation? I think there was a, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah course. I mean, not, it didn't hurt my, hurt my feelings. Sounds like I was slighted. A little, a little bitch. No. And, uh, you're not, you're not a little bitch. no, I, I can be a little bitch sometimes. Um, I didn't feel slighted or, or like, Oh my God, I can't believe she is doing this to me. Um, but yeah, of course I was sad about, um, it not being able to work out. Wasn't it control? Cause you knew it would never work out cause she was married, but you nah, just went I think, for the lust I think, of it. I think you trick yourself into thinking it could work out. I think you have to, yeah. if you're not tricking yourself into thinking it can work out, what the fuck are you doing? So uh, you are romantic. Of course. I mean, not of course. We don't know. I mean, no, listen. of course I am. I'm so glad you are. That's the pain. I am incredibly romantic and I have no reason to be romantic given that nothing has ever worked out in my life but mostly in my parents' life. 
and and like romantically, that is my you wave it off model. I know it's my model too. I'm with you, and yet I feel compelled for romance too. That's why it's like you hope something works out. Yeah, but you're and then you're, it doesn't. You've had a decade more than me in life. Yeah, maybe I will feel more strongly and confident about it at your age. But right now, sorry. <laughs> I don't feel confident about it, though. Okay. I'm right there with you. It never ends. Okay. I think it's going to get better. I'm fairly optimistic about that, but I am romantic. What's going to get better? I do think I'm going to feel more confident in myself and more importantly in other people to get to a place where I want to fall in love and give myself to another human being as much as I can. It's funny because... I talk to people in their 30s and their 40s or whatever, uh, men and women, and they're like, oh, I just can't get to that teenage youthful enthusiasm like I could, you know, hmm. when I was a youthful, uh, you know, yeah, I never teenage. Had that. That, so that's so interesting. So I have people who are like dead inside. They're older or they're my age or they're even older and they can't get back to that wonderful feeling that they had when in their teens and tw- early 20s, it's okay to yawn on the podcast. Just go for it. Just fucking do it. Just fucking do it. I don't have a yawn. I mean, I, I, no, I, no, I wish you did. I uh, will yawn. Aristotle, can you uh, put a yawn sound in? Just like mark that. And I'll add that. Okay. Nope. Anyway, but uh, my thing is I never stopped. Like I love being alone. I don't want to put up with bullshit or shenanigans or be with the wrong person, waste time because I have a lot of friends and know a lot of people and mostly at the world, I feel like just like spend time with people that, aren't right for them because they can't just fucking be by themselves. Uh, but I am still in search of that feeling that like you say you've never had where it's like, Oh my God, I love this person. I'm going to die with them. I can't believe it. Like, uh, uh, and, uh, I don't I need to die so, with them. I mean, I, it, okay, if, I if, if, I, if I just have like a decade, I'd be like, all right, cool. A de- I mean, I'm just talking about like a two week, haven't you had like a two week, amazing rendezvous of like of lust and passion and you're yeah. laughing and it's like incredible. And hopefully maybe you're making something together. You're writing stuff together. You're making a thing like, uh, that to me is the goal that I'm still in search of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's funny that you've had people on that say that. I mean, I've heard that a lot about re- reclaiming teen youthfulness. You're like, what's that? Well, no, I understand it, but it, <laughs> I, I will say that I was someone in high school that, uh, like, you always hear that line, high school is like the best years of your life, and then I went to college. College is the best years of your life, and every time I heard that, I was like, I fucking hope not. Yeah. I mean, good Lord. I mean, I was... How depressing is that, that your best years are at 18 to 22? I mean, we're idiots at that age. Yeah. I mean, I'm an idiot now. Yeah. In 10 years, I'll be less of an idiot. Will you? Yeah. A little bit. Not much. I'll still be an idiot. Uh, An idiot. Aristotle, cut that too. Aristotle, Um, please. Aristotle, Aristotle. Cut my my imperfection. Oh, (laughs) leave them in. That's all I want from you. I know. Um, yeah, high school is horrible. I did not go to college, believe it or not. And mm. I, uh, and high school is miserable. I was completely miserable. So I don't know who says that or, uh, um, a lot of people. What I do you know. mean? That's, know. Like, that's like a common thing. I mean, I, know, I roll with a cooler crew. It's interesting. So you, you are taken aback by sometimes my, uh, I, I say things that I believe to be true. Where you're like, so, so sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that has to do since I was 15, 16, I've always surrounded myself with people who were older? way older. Yeah. I had friends who were like 70 and like six, my, like I was always with like my friend's dad, like later I would talk, I would always be around adult, adults yeah. and I liked it. And I always asked questions and I still do this where I just want to know, I want to know at 70 and you're a widower. Like I want to know how you continue living life. Yeah. 
And I've had these conversations that like make my life worth living in a way where I, I, I do want to know about people because the truth that I have found out about human beings, and this is going to sound ridiculous and silly, and it is, is that if you just ask, if you just show that you give a shit just for 10 minutes, it's amazing how much people are willing to share. It's amazing how often we're not asked about how we live our lives. And that's why I started the podcast is because I wanted to know how people make it work because I have no fucking idea. Yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to figure it out like anyone else. And yet you say in your personal relationships, it's harder for you to open up because you don't know if people will, if there's staying power. It's getting easier. It is getting easier. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. I mean, I do think, I do think, I do not to cut you off, but I do think things get better. I think people can improve. Yeah. We're in an age right now where I don't think people want to believe that. But I do think you can go to therapy. I do think you can meditate. I do think you can exercise. I do think you can love yourself. Like, just not to sound too woo-woo. Yeah. But you can love yourself just a little bit more. Like, the best piece of advice I've received lately and often is like, give yourself a fucking break. Yeah. Which I don't think we do very often. So, yeah, I feel like I'm giving myself a break more. That's what I've been doing lately, and it's so and, much nicer. And I it just, works. Yeah, where I'm just like, I can't be bothered. I can't worry about this. I go, I can't worry if somebody hates me or what. I, I create these stories. I'm just like, I can't mm. make myself suffer. It's just too exhausting. We're all just going to die, which is kind of like a liberating thing. It's just a question of when and how. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. So I just have to like just go, you know. And I do you meditate? Uh, infrequently. Me too. Yeah. Um, do you go to therapy? Uh, used to. Me too. Mm-hmm. Um. It's funny, though, because I still get disappointed being an older person than you. I still make new friends. And then when they go off, like I have a girlfriend I was very intensely great friends with for like two months or whatever, four months. And then she got a boyfriend and she's gone. She's vanished and whatever. I have to like wish her well and not get upset about it. But my feelings were hurt. It's hard. And it does happen to me. Like, yeah, like even like making friends as an adult. If it doesn't work out, it feels like a heartbreak to me. It's a so rejection. Bizarre. A rejection. And it's just like, oh my God, but I could have been everything to you. I, I would have, I would have been the best. Like I would have really like, you know, I had, I was making room for you in my life. Like it matters to me. It's so interesting. So. I think that's a good part of you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh my God, that sounds so condescending. No, it's not condescending. You're, you're actually misreading that. I think that's a really great part of you. I think I have some of that as well. I just tease you because when you say it like that, it's like, that is a good part of you. There yeah, are I, bad parts, a lot of bad parts, mm-hmm. but that is a good part. I'm and let's sure, not forget that. Yeah, that's, that's definitely in your head. I have not said anything like that. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying you set it up. Yeah. And it's I funny. Set it and it's set it up. And it's funny because like when you want to take it the dark joke kind of way, yeah. that's how I, uh, so I read into it. There are so many bad fucking parts of you, Alexa. <laughs> I know. I knew you were trying to say. I'd say new. I knew. I was right. You know everything. Oh, my God. What's that like to know everything? I mean, I I would never, ever claim to know everything. Is that a spray? I, I barely know a goddamn thing. That's the thing. That's who you really... See, you're like, hey, I'm Sam. I know all the stuff. I'm living my life. All my stuff. This and that. This is who you are. I'm not telling you about me. I have my podcast. There you go. And then I'm like, hey, you know what? I don't... Oh, my God. Don't. It's not cologne. I know. I thought it's like spray it on me and oh see what happens. Oh, my God. Oh, by the way, yeah. I have a pimple on... Not really, but like I have like a red mark on my boob mm-hmm. and like a red mark here. And I'm afraid to start having sex again because I'm afraid like my body's imperfect. Mm-hmm. Do men care? 
about that? Yeah. Like uh, I, like, no, probably not about that. Not about that. What do they care about? Because you say not that, but what do they care about? Oh, I, like you, you want me to speak for men now? Well, I don't know you. The way you set these I things mean, up one, and your timing, your one cadence. One pimple, Alexa, you're 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 very beautiful. I don't, I don't think I you have to. Me. I don't think you have to worry about that. I don't think one pimple is going to be like the thing that deters someone. What if it's four? Oh, now we're talking. Now we are talking. Oh my god. Okay, so let's say you you know somebody cracks the shell. Mm-hmm. We'll get you out of here momentarily. Somebody cracks your shell. Is it time to go? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I mean, well, we do get a late start, but this fucking, we're sweating it out of each other and this fucking, my food poisoning in this hot, hot Bikram yoga podcast room. Um, what do you want in a woman? You like older women or would you want a creative girl? Like, what do you like? Mm-hmm. What do you like? You say you've never been in love. Yeah. But what do you like? <sighs> that's a good one. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's something... Tell me. Tell all the listeners. Um, They'll find you. Not on Instagram, because he's not on Instagram. He's on Twitter. He's on Twitter. He's on Twitter. You're going to give out my email? Um, <laughs> if you want me to, sure. I'll do whatever you want, and I'll put that in the intro. Oh, my God. Um, Let me have some Sprite real quick. Great. Have that Sprite. Oh, God. Really good for you. Shut up! God damn it! Actually, even though our banter, it's like a little bit like, oh, like, do they hate each other? Do they like each other? Is he annoying? Is she just very defensive and whatever? And it's a little bit of all of it. Um, our sex would be incredible because it would be like really like, it would be like, <sighs> okay. Please explain. I, I love when someone says our sex would be incredible. Um, elaborate on that. Because it would be like intense and it would be like a little bit of like, not hate fucking. Have mm. you had sex before? Yeah. How many times? How many times? With how many people? How many times with each person? I'm so upset. I'm so jealous. Hate, oh, hate fucking. I like this. This okay. is the performative part. But yeah. like, this is also another part of me. Stop making me explain myself. Stop putting me in a box. Let me just be and don't label me, Sam. I've put you in no box. You put me in all the boxes and I'm like, no, no. You just said our sex was going to be Stop great. It. I thought you'd elaborate on oh, that. Oh, yeah. Or, or our makeout was great though, right? Yeah. I'm a great kisser. I too am a great kisser. Hmm. Have you? What? My God, the kid tries to make a joke. People are going to come away from this podcast thinking I'm a bad kisser. That was a joke, right? You don't even remember. Just because I'm not married doesn't mean I'm not a good kisser. Um, yeah, you're a good kisser. Yeah. I think you broke something in my car, in my Prius at the time. I did. Yeah. Because it was intense. It was an intense makeout. Mm-hmm. You like climbed over. None of anybody's business. Oh, I climbed over. Didn't you? Probably. That was you, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Intense, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just saying. I'm, I don't I don't know. Hate fucking is an intense phrase. Because mm-hmm. I don't hate you and I would never hate you. Right. Well, that sounds fun. <laughs> I better get married so we can get this <laughs> happening. That's the only way. Great. Um, oh, what, my God. What do I want in someone? Um, married? No, Check. don't be ridiculous. Okay. That's a control thing. You did that on purpose, subconsciously, to not get close to somebody. What? I have a rendezvous with a married woman. Uh-huh. That, that was uh, epic enough to write a movie about, or a short film, or whatever it's going to be. Maybe. I'm not I telling like you. That. Oh, wait. I'm like, don't tell me who I am. I and know, then I'm I like, like that. And then I'm I like, like that. I oh, like that so, a lot. And you're so much more gentle on me when I tell you who you are. You're like, okay. You and I are different. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Uh-huh. But who's better and right? Aristotle? Um... Best not to ask him. Better and right, neither of those things really matter. They really don't. 
People really would love to be right, but like you're just people who want to be right are like insane to me. Tell me about the women. Okay, I want uh, a woman who's always right. Really? Like your mom? That's oh, my mom's always right. I don't know. Your my mom's mo- a fucking badass. So she's I was great. Like, oh my she's god. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. She's I mean, strong. we have we have great arguments in that um, neither of us think we're ever wrong mm. in, in battles. Oh my god, I'm just like your mom. Our back and forth is like your mom. Oh, don't um, you think? No. Oh, yeah. But don't you feel a little bit? Um, what's, t- what's the answer you want? Like the back? Not what I want. <laughs> I want the truth. Wasser. Yes, I'm sure you have some similarities to my mom. I don't know why you want to hear that. I don't either. It's something off there. I'm Alexi, by the way. But uh, if you want to call me Wasser because it makes you feel cozier. What makes you feel better? What do you like calling me? Wasser. Wasser's fun, but if you like to be called no, Alexi, call I'll me call Wasser. Alexi. What does it mean? You're not trying to create separation. No, I just like your last name. I think it's a fun last name. Back to hate fi- back to what you want hey, from out of a girl. Out you, of a girl. No, no, no. Freudian slip. I Great. don't have um, Okay. Uh, yeah, I want someone... Not interested in anal sex, by the way. <laughs> now I'm just making me laugh. I'm getting delirious. I'm sorry. Go on. Lovely. So what are you looking for? Um, basic qualities. Um, someone who's smarter than I am. Yeah. Uh, but not that much smarter. Like, within a reasonable amount. Are you, like, giving me some leeway? <laughs> You're like, oh. <laughs> A little bit. And the, the pen's gone. The pen's gone. I like, I'm like, okay. Yeah, I said one thing about who I want to be with, and you're in shock over there. Um, someone who's good natured, someone who's good at listening, good at asking questions. You're still laughing and hands on your I'm, face. I'm listening. I'm just boiling. Yeah, you're boiling. Um, someone who loves people, but not so much where we always have to be around them. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, someone who's creative, hmm. you know, pretty much anyone. What? <laughs> I'm just joking. Oh my god. That's another thing. I mean, for for me to know at 23 the type of woman I want to fall in love with or be with, that's a hard thing. I mean, you remember at 23 that? <laughs> I don't. God, I will. Okay. When was that like? No, I mean, just yesterday. I mean, yeah. Once I exfoliate all this dead skin. Just you wait. What is up with your skin talk? Your skin is very nice. I'm a woman, and sometimes we notice things that men don't notice, and we mm-hmm. get stuck in our head, and we notice little things blow them up out of proportion. Mm-hmm. See? Yeah. So while I'm freaking out about one thing, I can also logically talk it through. I hear okay? You. Yeah. Um, I think at 23, I'd be able to say, like, it might not be how I feel now, but at 23, I'd be like, I want to be this and that. I'd have an answer probably mm-hmm. or what I'm attracted to. I, well, not, I just gave you something. Yeah, I love it. I think it's tough. I don't want to be like, this person has to be a writer. She has to be a director. She has to be an actress. Like, yeah. But you want that? And then those things? That's what you're saying? Okay. Wow. Okay. Do you um, actually, I have a ring with me. Do you I want to say, just, do you want to get married? I mean, he can... Admit, yeah, you can officiate the wedding. We have someone. We have witness. Great. I don't want to. I don't even know about that. No, don't you know. don't. Are you anti-marriage? No. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'll know it when I feel it. Mm-hmm. Like when I fall in love with somebody, I'll be like, "Well, I want him to want to marry me." Mm-hmm. Like I want to. It's a, based on a person. That's just an idea. Yeah. What were you asking me? I don't know. Uh, do I want to be married? Is that what you said? Yeah. Sure. You've got stuff to be doing. How many girls have you slept with? Not answering that. Good. That's all you had to say. Yeah. See? Fantastic. All right. So when do you start making your short film? Or what is it? Is it a short film or a yeah, feature? Yeah, yeah. A no, short it's film. A short. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, we're looking to shoot in November. 
looking to shoot in November. Mm-hmm. And you can't tell me any more details? I told you the log line. What, what else is there? Shoot in Los Angeles? Mm-hmm. Around how many minutes? 18? Under 8? How mm, many? Should be under 15. Under 15? Yeah. More so, than 10, under 15. Yeah. Submitting to festivals? Of course. Don't uh, want to be long-winded, though. Don't want to be long-winded? Yeah. Any names involved? Um, my friend Bailey is the actor. Bailey is not acted before, but he's part of the sort of uh, growing Coppola clan. Um, but he's like 21. We went to college together. He's great. What do you mean he's part of a growing Coppola clan? He's a member of the Coppola family? Yeah, that's, what I, that's how I phrased it. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. He's just someone I went to college with. We were on the same floor in the dorms freshman year. Okay. Yeah, but no other names, really. How old were you when you lost your virginity? 20. 20. What was that like to be a fly on the wall of that situation? Where were you? I was, um, <laughs> what? I was, uh, living in my first apartment in San Francisco. Yeah. On 19th, 19th street. And, uh, deflecting with street names. No, I'm just remembering. Yeah. What, how old were you? 15. Early. Yeah. You really want to be a fly on the wall? No, I don't. Not at all. I was just trying to get a little bit of a, you know, is it awkward? Is it crazy? I was madly in love with the guy that I lost my virginity to. Were you? Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe you are are more romantic than I am. Aristotle, cut that out or just do something. Aristotle, keep what you want. I mean, you you edit it now, so. I want to leave everything in now. Keep it all in. I want to leave it all in. What Um, what else is on your note? You have so many things. I got nothing. Is there anything else you haven't hit on? I think this this turned. Uh, we, we went on a weird journey. I don't know what I'm keeping in. This is like weirder than any other podcast I've ever done. Is it because of the like the way the day started for me? How I'm feeling internally? Uh, my relationship with you. Every single podcast is different. This is its own herky jerky nightmare mess. But like not. I'm just. I'm being totally silly. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah. Just to finish the losing my virginity thing. I was 15. That's how I knew what love was because I was crazy attracted to this guy. He looked like he was like Liam Gallagher or Mick Jagger or something, just like beast on lips. I'm not talking about you anyway. Okay. But, uh, he was gorgeous. Wait, what is that phrase you keep using? Be be stung lips. Your lips are so full and exciting and inviting and enticing. It looks, it looks like a bee stung your lips. All right. There you go. I like that. I've never heard that before. Well, now you have 17 times on my podcast. Really and good. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I was madly in love with this guy. So attracted to him. I thought he was so cool. I was so excited. He chose me that, oh my God, I'm cool enough for him to like me. And because he was so funny and I just thought he was such a badass. And we just laughed all the time. We laughed and laughed and laughed and I could talk to him. So I was like, wow, a best friend that I laugh with. And I'm super attracted to him and we're having sex and making out. This is epic. So I was like, oh my God, everything's aligned. This must be what love is. Like, that's what I think it is. And what I find now is like, usually I'm just like, oh, I got to get out of here. I don't want to talk to this person. Not enough. I mean, uh, not a lot of laughing. No, I don't know. I don't meet people who make me laugh. And then I realize I laugh more with friends. So now like lately I've just been like, I just want to be friends with everybody. I want to be hanging out with my friends, laughing with them feeling inspired, making a movie. Um, yeah, and that's enough. But yeah. That's a lot of good things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I think we've said it all. I don't know what else to, to what's, what's next. Where are you going now? You're going to another film festival, uh, aren't ne- you? Next week. 
Which one? Fantastic Fest. So when you go to these film festivals, what do you do? You see every movie? No, I mean, I mean, I go for varying reasons. I'm, I'm on the um, uh, the shorts jury. You're on the shorts jury. Mm-hmm. So okay, and what did you do at TIFF? Uh, I was covering for a few places, writing, like, report, you know, reporting. Okay, so what do you know from doing writing so much about film? Mm. You now making a film. Yeah. How does the experience of writing about film, seeing so many movies, inform inform you actually making your own thing? Like, what do you have in the back of your mind? Like, oh, fuck, I don't want to fall into this, or I don't want right, to do this. Right, right. I mean, yeah, I think there is, um, I'm probably a little hypercritical. Yeah. But, um. Hey, I know. Hey. Thanks. I'm glad you know. I think I'm pretty particular. I mean, I, I, as someone who's, like, studied film as much as one can study film. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could study more than I have, but I don't know. I have like a, a f- what I believe to fairly, uh, what I believe to be a fairly clear vision of what I want. Um, that will obviously change when we're on set, and I'm not like beholden to anything. But uh, I feel like I kind of know how to navigate the space a little bit, and also I'm getting help and advice from so many people who have done it really well for a long time that. Uh, yeah, I think I'm getting ready. I think I'm prepared. Who are those people? Um, I mean, Sean has been very helpful, and um, Janixa, obviously, and um, my friend Zazie uh, has been really great. I mean, a lot of people have done good stuff who, who for some reason, say, yeah, they're, they're willing to help. A lot of people who have come on the show that I've asked for help, Yeah, they're open to helping, um, which has been really encouraging that they give a shit enough to offer advice. Yeah. So helping how? Like in what Oh, just like sitting down and being like, here are the things I wish I knew when I was making my first thing. Oh yeah. What what have they said? Oh, just you know, keep the set contained, make sure you pick people who like you really know are good, not just on namesake. Um write practically. In terms of like locations you have, I mean, there's like very practical advice. Yeah. Um, a lot of like go with your gut instinct, but also have a few people that you can turn to for questions and advice. Um, then there's like practical stuff on set of like how to get free food and, yeah. and ask restaurants for like, you know, a free lunch instead of paying for craft. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of practical stuff. Um, and who are your influences? Um, okay. not people who are helping, but people I just love. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I, it's, I like, I love, I used to always say like, oh my God, like Woody Allen is my, uh, it's hard for me to say that now. How come? Um, yeah, I'm not okay with, uh, I'll put it nicely, how he's treated people. Um, the stuff said about him is upsetting. The same way the Cine Family stuff is. Yeah. Um, but I love his movies. I mean, they certainly informed a lot of my life. Um, who else? I mean, I like the favorites are like broadcast news. Um, I love Hannah and her sisters, the fact that you put that on there. And then there's old stuff, like old talkies, like His Girl Friday or It Happened One Night. Um, those are hugely influential. And... Um, you know, 
a lot of Spike Lee has like changed my life. Oh, really? In a big way, yeah. Like which ones? I mean, she's got to have it. Is is one of my favorites. Twenty uh, Fifth Hour, Do the Right Thing. Oh yeah. Are all masterpieces. Um, there's so many people. On this, I mean, it's tough to like. I don't want to be like, oh, you know, listen up, Philip is the movie that you know. Is much, it? No, I mean, I love that movie. Me I, too. I think he did a great job with that. Um, but there are a lot of people who are making stuff now that I'm deeply in awe of. That I hope to do something different than, but like. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, how do certain directors? Direct or uh, that you look up to, or you've read about, or you yeah. just. I mean, I'm reading that book, Making Movies, by Sidney Lumet, and yeah. it's uh, it's like the basic Bible to like how to direct. I love him. I mean, there's like a very uh, economical, efficient style to it, but also, I sound so pretentious when I'm talking about it. No, I just like treat people kindly, on set, treat people with respect. No matter what the position is they have. Yeah. Um, again, this hasn't happened yet for me, so it's all like me building an ideology. But yeah, I want to have fun. I want to not take it too fucking serious, and I would like to make something that comes from my life in this first at bat. Yeah. And that's what's going to happen. Well... I'm excited because since you did say, Alexei, I'm only 23. Remember, I am 23. I'm not using that as a crutch. But I think it's a beautiful thing that now we have like a two-hour conversation of where you're at before you make your first thing mm. at 23 and me getting flummoxed by you and sensitive and back and forth and like a 36-year-old and a 23-year-old having a, you know, a fun-filled romp of a conversation right before you set forth in this other you know, chapter of your life. It's exciting. It is. And I'd like to talk to you after you do your short and then after you make your first feature and all that. I'll happily come back. Um, yeah, there'll be a two hour record and, uh, hopefully I will have changed a little bit oh, the next God. time we do this. Oh God, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I know yeah. you're really hoping for that. Oh man. What should I change? <sighs> oh God. Do we, do we have, do we have another two hours? Jesus. <laughs> I believe you. I think we said enough. Okay. Um, Thank you for being on the podcast, Sam. Of course. Thank you, Alexi. Alexi? Interesting. Mm -hmm. Till next time. So long. Now leaving Nerdist.com.